Hello, you're listening to the GamesIndustry.biz podcast. I'm James Batcher and joining me this week are... Matt Handrahan. At Chris Dring. At the time of recording, it's been less than 24 hours since Activision and Bungie announced that they would be parting ways, with Bungie taking publishing rights for Destiny and operating independently. Destiny 2 will continue to be supported by Activision Blizzard's Battle.net, but the expectation is that the publisher will have nothing to do with Destiny 3. Activision's share price took a 12% hit on the news. It's been steadily rising above $60 since the summer of 2017, occasionally surpassing $80, but it's been dropping below the $60 threshold since November last year, partly over things like the fuss over the Diablo Immortal announcement. Without Destiny, Activision's franchises in the traditional game space are now limited to Call of Duty and the Crash and Spyro remakes, while Blizzard is still focusing on World of Warcraft and Overwatch, among others. The question I put to you, or rather that Chris put to all of us, is what now for Activision Blizzard? Hmm. Well, I mean, I, I think I think that, but I think there's a the thing to remember. Now, I may be wrong on this. Uh, unlike you, uh, James, I didn't actually do any research. Sorry, but uh, I, I think that the, the Destiny wasn't the Bungie deal only going to last for ten years anyway. It was, and then, and they've had they've had they've had eight years of it. They've had more than eight years of it. So this isn't like. I don't know. I think it would be. It's tempting to see this as kind of like someone just like walking out of the office or storming out of a room, but it's probably not like that. It, this strikes me as the kind of thing that was mutually agreed. You know, like uh, Activision looked at Destiny, what it had achieved, and said, "You know, fine. They, they, this is what you want to do. This is what you want to do." It may be that they they really wanted Bungie to stay on board and make Destiny three with them. It may be that they were actually perfectly happy. To see it go, uh, I think we talked to Eric Hirschberg um, about this, and maybe you did actually, James. I forget actually who did the piece, but Hirschberg was pretty clear that you know Destiny Two was an opportunity to do better than they did with Destiny originally. Like they, they that they didn't see that they actually done as good a job as they could do. And I don't know, I don't follow Destiny that closely, but I don't know that Destiny Two blew the market away in a way that Destiny didn't. Right, so I do wonder if Destiny did end up being what Activision wanted it to be um, and whether this this parting of ways with Bungie is actually just kind of what it's perfectly happy to do. Uh, it does look leave the, uh, the IP chest looking a little bare, must be said. Uh, actually, because I, I speak to a lot, I've got a lot of friends at Activision, a lot of contacts at Activision, and um, it, it was actually me that did the Eric interview. Um, Destiny 2 was, I think... I mean, the numbers were huge, but I think by Activision's expectations, it was well below where they wanted it to be. Um, and um, some of it was their own fault. They perhaps made a little bit too many physical copies, um, underestimated the amount of uptake people have digitally. Because the game game was interesting because it was um, the first game came out it was a big physical release. I remember it was the fastest selling new IP this generation. And then they did a um, and then uh, they did a load of updates. They basically trained its audience to not buy physical but to download and by the time destiny 2 came out like 40 percent of the audience downloaded it rather than bought it physically which is huge amounts for a triple a game of this type um and um so anyway a few little mistakes down the line but um from what i understand matt you're not wrong there's not a, no neither party i think is that unhappy about the result here i think active bungie a little bit frustrated with activision because activision probably putting pressure on bungie to do something that was going to appeal to a bigger audience because activision's all about activision's all of, always about that billion dollar franchise and um but the game wasn't hitting those numbers so i don't think activision were happy i don't think bungie were happy i'm sure that working with bungie from an activision side wasn't pleasant vice versa i'm sure it wasn't great because they weren't quite 
doing what each other needed to do. So I, I'm pretty sure you're right. But, you know, this follows on from Skylanders falling away quite rapidly. And you think five years ago there was three billion dollar um, uh, Activision franchises in Skylanders, Call of Duty and Destiny. And that's what their focus was. And they had some smaller games, some licensed games, maybe, you know, these days that would be like Crash and that would be like Sekiro or whatever. But over the course but there were those three games were the big ones. And then, of course, it went down to two. And then we're down to one. Um, and you think about Blizzard not doing... You talk about Blizzard's games. There aren't actually a lot on that release schedule either. And you, they've got two publishing teams, two PR teams, two marketing teams. And you go, well, hang on. Why do we have two? And then and then you've got... Um, uh, it might be... So that the question for me, what, why I wonder what Activision does now is, does it acquire some more IP? Does it try and launch some new IP? Does it try and bring back some classic IP? Or does it look at maybe consolidating? And I think that's that was what and the reason why I suggested this talk, um, this podcast in the first place, was because I, I think that company is a proper crossroads. And there's other things, you know, invested in esports and MLG and all that kind of stuff. And it's done quite well. But there things like the Call of Duty, Duty Championship seem to have fallen away. Um, what they were doing, esports and Call of Duty, seems to have you know been stalled a little bit. Um, and then there's um, and there's things like the motion. Do you remember they launched a motion pictures division? And apart from some talk about script writers before Christmas, we've barely heard anything about that Call of Duty movie. Um, it just feels like um, this the big Activision master plan. It, it they, they, it's just stalled. And and what they do now, I think, is is. An interesting question. Well, I mean, I think historically, you look at it, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, you, you, the, all of the Blizzard stuff came as a result of a merger. We're, we're, we're leaving Candy Crush out of this as well. We ought not to. It's not. that That's a big That's a big part of it. I mean, I, the, th- the thing I doubt with Activision, whether it has the capability to generate that big new IP internally or whether what it does next is do, you know, just what it did. When it bought Candy Crush, just what happened when, uh, when when the Blizzard deal happened? Like I I I wonder whether what we're going to see is them go out and spend a bit of money. I I think, you know, the motion pictures thing. A lot of that seems to be about finding ways to turn Call of Duty into more money, which is pretty much the the focus of their business for a decade now. Um, but like it takes time, it takes time to make TV shows, it takes time to make films. And although I don't think any of us expect that Call of Duty will be an irrelevance in three, four years' time. It's really, really hard to know that it was that it wouldn't be somewhat diminished. Like franchises can take a turn in that way. Um, with the with the with the esports thing again, that's just a long term play. I mean, their biggest play there is the Overwatch League, um, and 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 they've talked about five, ten year plans there. We're only in the second year of it, so that's not going to return anything right now. I mean, but the 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 the, the place that Activision seems to be falling quite far short at the moment is just in actual releasing games. And, and I, th- I think we can actually localise this just to Activision. I think Blizzard's doing all right. Um, to me, I think Blizzard is, is, a, is a different proposition. They, have, they still have five IPs that are very well loved, whereas Activision, once you get past Call of Duty, now that De- Destiny's gone, and if you consider Candy Crush to be a separate deal, which it basically is, what have you got? Yeah, I mean, they're remaking Crash Team Racing. They're redoing Spyro games. I mean, this isn't this isn't the Activision of you're you're dead right. This isn't the Activision of six seven years ago who were just like dominating the entire industry. Um, and actually, they they also seem to have kind of 
be kind of moving away from being at all interested in doing things like re- remaking Crash Team Racing. And I wonder wonder if that's a factor in all of this as well. Like they they do need to start working on smaller projects again because they need to fill out a release schedule. Well, they, there's, there's a couple of things there. I mean, you're right. Maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit too harsh on the esports and the motion picture stuff. It, you know, it has only just got going. Um, but um, the um, if you look at uh, um, you look at games like um, Crash Team Racing, you look at the nostalgia stuff. You have to wonder if it is just nostalgia stuff. You look at the sales of Crash. There were four games in the. If you look at the UK top twenty best selling charts. There were um, four games that um, Activision pu- published. Um, Call of Duty World War II, Call of Duty uh, uh, the Black Ops 4, um, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy, and Spyro. And there were, the, the only other company that had four games in the top 20 was Nintendo. Um, everyone else had far fewer. And we talk about Activision, and actually EA is the one that suffered the biggest fall in market share last year. It's purely shocking UK numbers. So, mate, yeah, I'm. There was just, it's just an element of where well, you've got this staff, you've got these expertise, you have these wonderful FMCG, fast moving, super good people um, in that company. These experts at launching stuff, and you're putting them all on Call of Duty. I just, I, I do. I mean, I, I, I hope they invest. That's what I hope they do. I hope I see. Um, Things like uh, uh, I don't know, maybe you know, but they did. Look, Skylanders came from nothing, didn't it? You know, just where well, they just yeah, went all yeah. in with Skylanders. But I, th- I think they need to invest because, well, regardless of the the circumstances of how the, the the Bungie thing ended, regardless of whether or not Activision truly wanted to put to put any of its muscle behind a Destiny three, it does leave a Destiny shaped hole in the catalog. Like Destiny's been one of Activision's core products for the last eight years. It can't just let that go and not have something lined up. I mean, the fact of the matter is Activision already has this thing in place, no doubt. We'll probably see it E3 or something. It's not like this this Bungie deal comes to an end, that it comes to an end and it's a split-second decision and they have no idea what to do next. That's not the way these companies work. Um, the, the bigger question is exactly what form that takes. I mean, to be honest, I even... Because they've got so many different studios working on Call of Duty, I lose any sense of really understanding what kind of what what which studios are part of Activision, what kind of capacity they have to create new IP. I don't know if anyone else has that, but you know, you know, Sledgehammer, you know, is Raven still part of Activision? I just kind of lose track of all of this stuff because they've got Toys for Bob. Um, Toys for Bob. Yeah, yeah. They made the Spyro remakes. Um, you've got. Um, Vicarious Visions, I think they're still around. Um, but yeah, a lot of them have been sort of becoming support studios for other um, uh, other um, for Call of Duty, basically. And um, but Call of Duty is inconsistent as well. I mean, you look at World War Two. I mean, Black Ops Four's done okay actually, um, but it's the the sort of heady days with it being the biggest entertainment launch of all time. You know, each and every single one breaking records. That's gone. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I just it just it just interests me as a as a as a, as a company that um, seems to be at a bit of a, a crossroads. I think that's the thing. Like as, as as Matt said, like you know, we all know that Call of Duty is still going to be around in say three four years time. But it's looking beyond that. Like Call of Duty is starting to decline overall. Yes, there's like peaks like you know World War Two did particularly well, but then you're back down to that perceived decline with Black Ops Four, which has done okay, but not like you say like you know broken records like the the games used to do every every year. 
the the, the trouble is like the, the options are limited in terms of like they either do more nostalgia stuff but that's not enough to fill a destiny shaped hole and even then beyond that i was looking through like their their history of games and stuff i can't even tell what ip they own anymore because obviously you know spyro and crash they got from the vivendi uh, merger like years and years back beyond that i can't you know soldier of fortune might be their ip i think looking back like you know the history of activision for a good 20 30 years easily was um license titles you know star wars and the marvel ones and you know the you know the sort of the you know, the spider-man games you used to channel out every single year just to make sure it kind of still had a don't forget bond james oh don't i so have you got bond yeah exactly where's my damn bond game i haven't had a bond game in years like yeah but the license market has diminished massively in in the console space unless it is one of those kind of multi-year um very careful one-off project like marvel spider-man by insomniac and um, that's not the model that activision used to take they used to churn out a, a license title under each of the licenses it had every year maybe two years um i wonder if they will try to develop more ties with notable third-party developers so we've got Sekiro shadows die twice by from software if that does well i wonder if they'll try to to attract more from softwares as it were more big third-party titles who have the the prestige the the reputation to attract people to that title and thus grow their portfolio that way it does. They do say though in there because I think like, I think a lot of these partnerships in Activision's statement when they left Bungie, they said they will increase its focus on owned IP. Uh, and to be fair, owned IP and other projects, which is <laughs> covers everything. Um, but um, uh, so I think James, what we're saying, what you're saying is Vigilante Eight is going to come back. Yeah, basically, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next Vigilante Eight. That was that was one that I saw in the list. Like, oh yeah, there's that. Because um, even like looking back, like they used to do all the Wolfenstein games, but obviously that's Bethesda now. And like, yeah, just so many of the the pillars of their portfolio have now transferred to other publishers. Gun Two, I think that's another one you can expect. Um, the, the Return of Tony Hawk's. But then a lot of this is this speaks to the fact that I mean, me to me personally, as someone who. As someone who plays games, not someone who kind of writes about games or analyzes the games industry or whatever, Activision just hasn't been a very interesting company. Now, let's just, again, when we, we talk about Activision, sometimes that refers to Activision Blizzard. Sometimes it just refers to Activision. I'm just talking about Activision. Activision has not been an interesting company to me in such a long time. Same. Not since they lost the bond license. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. No, actually, probably not since... There was a period where they were like, where they were working with a lot more, um, more di- a diverse array of developers. They're working on a more diverse array of projects. They were working with games like Brutal Legend. I mean, obviously that didn't end very well, but they were doing more. And in doing more, they were doing more interesting stuff. Like it stopped being, they stopped. It stopped being an interesting company to me when it, it committed to this only billion dollar franchise thing. Because if you're not really interested in that, that like those three franchises, there's really nothing there for you. And it just starts to look like a money-making machine. And it's been doing that very well. But I think the issue with that model is when one of those billion-dollar franchises falls away, it's far, 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 has far, far greater impact on the way that your company looks than, for example, if if Assassin's Creed is put on hiatus for three years. It's just a different thing. But that's why we call a podcast to talk about what's going on with Activision when we know that Destiny's no longer in the picture. I know that's not all of it, but it's 
but kind of the trigger for for this actually happening. And why we wouldn't call a podcast if Far Cry there wasn't a Far Cry next year? It's just because that's Ubisoft's business is is diversified in a way that Activision's isn't. When one of these pillars falls away, the whole structure starts to look an awful lot weaker. And and obviously the the emphasis then is that whatever replaces Destiny has to be has to immediately seem to have the potential to be this vast, vast thing. And that's actually really, really hard to do. And the last time Activision had to do that, it bought that. It didn't do it internally. I mean, I know we talk about Skylanders, but Skylanders came and went very, very quickly, um, relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah, it was a boom-bust type thing. And obviously Activision would prefer... Another Call of Duty would prefer something that's going to be around for 20 years. I mean, that's really what the structure of its business is all around, all about. And then we, we, we ran a story on these new divisional presidents that they appointed. And it's quite telling, actually, just looking at it. It's like, I mean, effectively, it's the head of Call of Duty, the head of Candy Crush, and then everything else. That's like the three appointments. The third unit, like you've got Activision, which is basically Call of Duty at this point. You've got King, which is Candy Crush. Then you've got emerging business units, and that covers a lot of bases. It's to your point, what you were saying earlier, how you've got all these other parts of the business. You've got esports, you've got Blizzard, Activision Blizzard um, film unit, the Activision Blizzard Studios, consumer products. It's just like everything else that isn't one of these two big big games just gets put into there. And and you know, in time, maybe they'll need divisional heads for three new divisions because all of those things emerge but when you look at when you anticipate what act what might actually come out as published by activision blizzard over the next two or three years i think you've really got to be a lot more excited about what might come from blizzard than what might come from activision because right now all, all you can know for sure really is that you might get you'll get a call of duty or two every year like they did they did for a while activision toyed around with smaller games they, they had that sierra concept you know i was gonna think i was gonna say because like whatever became of that they made quite a big announcement of that you know they bring back the sierra brand it was essentially going to be their indie label at a time when indie games were on the rise and indie games are still a a a prominent part of the market not necessarily a a significant but a prominent part of the market something that people are talking about and that just nothing came of it yeah it really they they sort of they did release a few games um and then they stopped (laughs) yeah um and that's uh, that's the. Uh, Whereas compare that to EA, uh, which is really yeah. starting to ramp up with its it, EA originals. Oh, the stuff. website's still alive. Um, they did King's Quest, if you remember that. They did a Geometry Wars, um, and then they sort of just they just sort of stopped. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, it, what is the next big Activision game? I guess. Or, or, I mean, or do they go? You know, we've got Call of Duty. It's on Battle.net now. Um, it's a very much an online game experience. Um, let's just, you know, put Blizzard in charge. And then let's just, you know, get rid of that publishing unit. I mean, if that's got to be it's got to be an, a consideration. Well, I, I think when you look at, they have all these, I mean, you know, to return to this idea that they have other irons in the fire. They have these other parts of the business that actually aren't specifically games related. Let's just... For the sake of argument's say, because it's actually true, esports is not a games business. It's a sports business, right? So let's say that. Let's say that the film business is not a games business because it's a film about game business. It's film and TV shows. If I, both of those take off, then they could triple their Call of Duty revenue over a long enough period of time 
without needing another big IP. Um, I don't believe that Activision seriously would let the next five years pass without having a go at establishing another big IP, but they clearly want to become more than just a games business. They clearly want to become more like an entertainment company, more like an entertainment platform, where, 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 where uh, the value of an IP like Call of Duty isn't just in however much you take from the game and associated merchandise. You could actually be pulling in money at the box office. You could actually be signing deals with Netflix. You, should, you could be there could be three or four new very very lucrative revenue streams all attached to the call of duty ip that could be in place in five years time um i i guess it's just we're just at the point where we can all remember a period of time when activision would release you know eight or nine games a year um, and then that feels like more of a reality than uh, than a world in which we get you know a call of duty online service one box call of duty game a year Call of Duty TV series on Netflix every year, a Call of Duty film, the cinema every other year. I mean, is that, do you think that's the kind of the, is that what Activision sees as its own future? Forget what we think's coming next. What do you think it wants to come next for itself? I, I, I have to say, if I were Activision, and I'm not, hence why, <laughs> so if I were Activision and I'm not, I wouldn't want to put all my eggs in that one basket, that one IP basket. I mean, we've seen what happened to um, Rovio, how that's gone up and down over the... I know it's a different market. The mobile is a very different market, but Rovio obviously entirely depended on Angry Birds games, Angry Birds products, Angry Birds TV shows and, and movies, and that company has gone up and down uh, you know, immensely over the last few years. So I wouldn't want to rely on just that one Call of Duty IP personally. No, I don't think you're wrong. I'm not worried about Activision. I don't think they're a co- Activision Blizzard anyway. I'm not particularly concerned about the company. They've got some big games. They sell lots of units. They've got, uh, you know, they're, they're very successful. I, it, it's, um, it, I, I don't think you need an entire, my point is that Activision is a company. Right? It's not just a division. It's a company that has its own PR teams, own marketing teams, own heads, the department. If it's one game and you've got some making a film on that game, you're doing a great licensing division on that game, then you just put it in, you just make it part of that other company you've got that has got a slightly stronger slate of titles, um, you know, and you'd perhaps bring a couple of people over. You wouldn't need to have two entire units dedicated. You don't need full-time PR team operating, you know, 24, you know, 20, 365 days a year if it's just, you know, if it's, say, just a very big game, but if it's purely one title. Um, and, you know, they do have a lot of development resources outside of, outside of, to people who are working on Call of Duty, they've got Beanox in Canada as well. They they, they are a sizable yeah. thing. So I think I think you're right. I don't think they need necessarily. They don't need loads and loads of titles. And it may be, you know, it could be that rather than it, they could go back to how they were. I remember the glory days of that. Um, I say glory days. But I remember the days you were saying Activision were interesting. When I used to go to those summer showcases, I used to do, and I was in that. I'll be there all day, and I'd see twelve games, and there'd be a new. There'd be a new Spider-Man, there'd be a new James Bond, there'd be a new Call of Duty, there'd be a Blade, a Beyblades title, um, there would be a Guitar Hero, a DJ Hero, there'd just be constant product all over the place. And, um, and, uh, and you know, they could go back to that. You know, they, they've all, Sekiro was the most surprising thing I'd say Activision's done in ages. Yeah. From yeah, software, and, and, yeah. It did seem to, like, recall a kind of a lost age of Activision, that, for me. But I, th- I think the thing, the issue I have and I guess this speaks to a lot of what we're talking about with Activision, um, is that, you know, if you think about like Sony, for example, you know, you think, oh, I wonder what Media Molecule is doing next. Or I'm really looking forward to what what Naughty Dog has coming up. 
Or if you you can translate that over to EA, I mean, you know, once upon a time it would have been Visceral Games. Um, certainly Bioware, though I guess that's even questionable now, <laughs> kind of undermining my, my own point. But you know what I mean? Like there, and Other publishers, I know it's not like a platform holder is not a fair comparison necessarily, but in other places that have internal teams that make games, I feel like they have more teams that actually have specific identities um, where you can get, where, where when, when they've just released a game, you can kind of look forward to or anticipate or try and guess what that next product will be because they seem to live separately from, from the publisher in a lot of ways. Like they, they are their own thing. Even if you go over to something like Take Two, I mean, I know Rockstar's a different thing altogether, but Gearbox, I mean, what's Gearbox going to do next? What, what I just feel like Activision has a bunch of internal studios and I just don't feel that really any of them have that kind of appeal or identity or sense of you know, excitement about what might be coming out of them because that's just not how Activision operates. And it makes this question of what, where does Activision's next IP come from quite hard to answer because I don't really have a clear sense of which Activision studios are good at what kind of stuff. I think we're going to have to wait for a kind of a surprise announcement along the lines of so Sekiro was a surprise at, uh, or the fact that Activision was publishing it was a surprise I'm thinking way back to like the original Bungie announcement way before we even knew it was Destiny you know they'd announced right 10 year par- partnership with Bungie who had just come off the success of Halo building a whole new franchise I remember at the time they were like this is going to be you know bigger than you know as deep as star wars i think within the next year or two maybe not this year but within the next year or two we might see another announcement along those lines and that hopefully would be the hint as to where their next big big property will come from now actually i completely agree with that and i think that actually kind of makes me supports what i'm saying in a way because the last time they needed to generate a really big ip they had to go and find the kind of studio where you can say what Spongy's next game going to be because they didn't have it in their own. In their own, they didn't have that in their locker. What they have seems to me is a lot of studios who are really good at working on these massive, massive games that's all pre-established to some degree. Um, and like I say, yeah, Sky- Skylanders can come out of nowhere, but if we're talking about what 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 becomes the other big sort of core focused action-driven IP for them to to turn into an entertainment platform. It is really, really difficult to know where that comes from, unless it comes from another deal like the one they struck with Bungie. You have to wonder if this From Software deal is a one-off. And I know From Software is not the best example. Their games aren't exactly Destiny-sized. But if there is a game hidden behind this one that Activision wants, it's got his eyes on, and this is what this this weird game that we think this isn't very Activision is all about... Um, a um, lot of speculation, but it's uh, it's. Um... Well, if we're, if we're descending into speculation again, I think we'll wrap up there. We are running out of time. As we say, yeah, Activision aren't exactly going to, you know, they're not teetering on the precipice. They do have, you know, the successes that Blizzard and King are having. Those are two fairly sturdy pe- pillars to the three-legged stool that is uh, Activision Blizzard. So, um, so yeah, but I'd be intrigued to know other people's thoughts. Like maybe, you know, comment under the uh, the article on the website where this podcast is posted. We'd love to know where, where your thoughts on are. Where, where's the next big Activision IP coming from? 
In the meantime, uh, you can find all of our previous episodes of the podcast on whatever podcasting platform you choose. We are looking into whether or not we can get this on Spotify. That that should be doable. Uh, And of course, you can find your daily dose of news, insight and analysis into the world behind video games at gamesindustry.biz. We'll be right back.